Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Psalm 37, 5 through 6, we are going to be looking at our time to shine. And no, this is not going to be a feel-good... Well, I mean, I, I hope this does make you feel good, I guess, but it's not going to be like a feel-good passage. As we're going to see, we're going to see that this is not just a feel good, but the title does make it sound like it's feel good, but I don't know. I just kind of like the title. So it's time to shine. So <laughs> today's readings are coming from the CSB. The passage is Psalm 37, 5 through 6, and it reads this way. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act, making your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like the noonday. So when we commit to the Lord, we will be glorious. That's our theme for today. So what is committing to the Lord? I want us to look at that first. Let's look at two things that's not first. First, it is not, and here's a fun word, or actually it's three words, but here's some fun, fun little phrase for you. It's not moralistic therapeutic deism. Now, you're probably like, what the heck is that? Moralistic therapeutic deism was a term coined by Christian Smith the same year I was born, actually, 2005. Moralistic therapeutic deism, you can kind of guess where it's going. So if you know what deism is, it's basically like a God who's there, but who's not like really there. Like he exists, but he doesn't do a lot. And then moralistic therapeutic, those are just feel-good words. Okay, so MTD, that's the abbreviated version of it, it basically says that God exists to make me feel good as long as I'm a nice person. And that's very ambiguous for a reason. MTD, it is really, no one would go around saying that like, yeah, I'm an MTDist. I believe in moralistic therapeutic deism. But a lot of people I know, and that you know, probably believe it without knowing the technical terminology. Committing to the Lord is not in agreement that, you know, if you go to church or if you're a nice guy, you know, God will make all your dreams come true. That's not, that's not how this is. MTD is not like God is there just to give us a pat on, or MTD is that, I'm saying I phrased that wrong. Reality is not God exists to pat us on the back. God is not, that is not what God is there for. God is not like a permissive dad who's like, oh yeah, you can do that. Oh, you can do that. No, that is not the, that is not the real God. It might be a God you make. Like you can say that there's a God. Sure. That doesn't mean it's real. God is not someone who just, it's like, oh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Do you feel that homosexuality is okay? Oh, do that. Do you feel that sex outside of marriage is okay? Oh, do that. Do you feel that whatever it is is okay? Oh, you do that. As long as it feels right to you, that's not the God who exists. There may be a false God like that. I don't know. But that's not the real God. Secondly, God Committing to the Lord is not using God to spice up your life. Get this. If God doesn't exist, Christians should be losers. We should be losers. If we woke up the next day and God did not exist and we knew that, 
we should be depressed. We should be hopeless. Okay, if your life, if God doesn't exist and not much changes in your life, you are not committed to the Lord. There should be, you should be like, holy cow, what do I do now? Who am I going to talk to in the morning? That's what you should be saying, not, oh man, well, I'll just keep on living the way I was. That's not, if God did not exist, your life should be a lot different if you're committed to the Lord. Committing to the Lord does not mean that you pursue your own thing for the glory of God. That's something I see way, 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 way too often. It's horrible. It's this, you know, do sports for the glory of God or do work for the glory of God, which is true. We should, but we don't understand what that means. We think what it means is be a nice person when you do those things and that's that's good. That is not what doing stuff for the glory of God means. Committing to the Lord means pursue God's things for the glory of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we back out of sports. Sports is really good. And it is it is a good thing that we pursue sports. Now, obviously, not everyone has to pursue sports. But I don't want you to come away from this saying that, oh, we can't do the things of the world. You know, God created the world. We should be you know, taking part in movies or books or sports. Culture is not necessarily a bad thing, but we need to be redeeming that. Not saying, I watch pornographic movies for the glory of God. That's not real. Or I ball hog in basketball for the glory of God. That's not real. Committing to the Lord means you do things his way. For example, if you're playing basketball at church, pass the ball. That is playing basketball to the glory of God. Not racking up the points at church and then being like, yeah, man, all for the glory of God. No. You need to be using sports, using work, whatever it is, to be acting in God's kingdom. Committing to the Lord is denying yourself, not just thanking God for the stuff you were already going to do. Believing that we sinned and that Jesus can and will forgive us, that is committing to the Lord. The most important step to committing to the Lord is being born again. Being born again is something that we don't actually start. God starts that. God uses the preaching of his word and the gospel to convict the hearts of sinners. Now, if you haven't been born again, don't wait for the skies to split open and God to call your name. Because God generally, I mean, I don't know, you might have been saved by God like splitting the skies. If that is, that's awesome. But that was not how I was saved. (laughs) He calls your heart, not your ears. Generally, I don't know. Like, it happened to Paul, it could happen to you. I'm not saying it can't. But, typically... What happens is you hear the gospel call and you have conviction. And if you feel, if you hear the truth, do not turn it away. Do not say, oh, well, I'm not born again, so I can't. No, that is a misappropriation of good theology. That is saying, oh, here's the truth. Let me just abuse it. No, 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 no. 
That's like saying that because God chose everyone is going to be saved, I don't need to share the gospel. No. Just because God knows it does not mean we know it. Okay? So if you have not been saved, you have got to fall on your knees. Fall on your knees and say, Lord, forgive me because I've sinned and earned myself hell. But forgive me and give me eternal life. I believe in you, Jesus. That's what we need to do. And that's not just something we do once. Committing to the Lord means putting your faith in Jesus to save you and repenting of your sins. And not just one time, because while the Holy Spirit makes sure that we don't lose our salvation, he does that by strengthening our faith. We are continually repenting. We are continually turning away from our old self and believing in Jesus. Belief in Jesus is a life long thing. It's not, you know, that we're earning our salvation, but it is working out our salvation in fear and trembling. And so we talked about committing our way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. But let's look at verse six, because it says he will act, making your righteousness shine like the dawn and your justice like the noonday. Our identity now is in Christ. Jesus has welcomed us, Romans 15, 7. Anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. 1 Peter 2, 9 says that, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We no longer find our identity in ourselves. And man, that's incredibly countercultural. This Christianity is the most inclusively exclusive club that there is. Because on the one hand, it's exclusive. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. We are different from the world. We will have a different eternal destiny than the world. But it's inclusive Because this offer is made to everyone. And that's nuts. That is not deserved. When I, I did not deserve to have the gospel preached to me. Because I sinned. All I deserved was hell. That's it. I didn't deserve a chance. I didn't deserve anything. What did I do? But God was gracious and offered the gospel to me at a young age. And I believed. And that offer has now been made to you. If you're listening to this podcast, you don't have an excuse anymore. We have the gospel, and that's crazy. And this gospel is meant for every single person. But if you don't believe it, you're excluded. If you do not believe it, you know, you read through the passages in the Gospels and the parables of Jesus. And he talks about how at the wedding, like a wedding feast, there is going to be a time where the door's shut. And if you're not in, you're not getting in. And that is really countercultural in a culture that's like, oh, you know, inclusivity and, you know, this cultural, you need to be accepting. And Jesus will accept you on his terms because he's God. That's what it means to be God. You set the terms. And not only is this offer, it's made to everyone, but to all who do receive him, 
They are made sons of God. And that means that our identity is not in ourselves anymore. We are part of God's family. We don't find our identity in ourselves. We live in a culture that stresses, almost mandates, that we take care of ourselves first. But biblically, we don't identify ourselves with ourselves. I don't want people to look at me and see Daniel. I want them to look at me and see Christ. We are now part of the body of Christ. And that has incredible benefits. Let's look at two that the passage talks about. First, Jesus is our righteousness in both the legal and the glory sense. In the legal sense, when God looks at us now, he sees the righteousness of Christ. Jesus takes away our sins and gives us our or gives us his righteousness, the great exchange. And in the glory sense, Jesus took away our old selves and gave us new life that's way better. This new life doesn't find meaning in our old selves because we aren't all that. This new life finds its meaning in the body of Christ and in Christ crucified. And finally, Jesus is our justice. We can be at peace because we live rightly under Christ. Our justice shines because Jesus is the one who gave it to us. Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I encourage you to tune in next time as we continue our study of Psalms. And I would encourage you to tell people you know about this podcast. It's one of the easiest ways you can do to help. And again, tune back in next time as we continue studying through this, which I think is really awesome, Book of Psalms.